Welcome to the Love Evolve podcast. This is Leanne, and I'm a psychologist and relationship coach living in Los Angeles. So welcome to this episode with my friend Katrina Hart, and this episode is for women who want to learn more about how to work with your inner masculine. There's so much talk nowadays about working with the feminine, and that is certainly a very important road for women to go down. But you don't hear as much talked about now for women about actually kind of honoring and respecting our inner masculine. I see a lot of women who are actually trying to completely purge themselves of any masculine energy because they're being taught by some of these popular masculine feminine polarity teachings that they need to be a hundred percent in their feminine all the time. And this is something that I think is only recently coming into popular culture now where women are actually speaking about the importance of honoring and respecting our own inner masculine. And so, you know, this topic is not totally new for us collectively. This is something that Dr. Carl Jung actually has labeled. And so his work around anima, animus integration is really exactly what we're speaking about here. So all women have an inner masculine that they can work with to become more whole and balanced. And all men have an inner feminine that they can also work with to become whole and integrated. And so I have touched upon this before in various episodes, especially the one about masculine vitality with Michael Holt. We talk a lot about integration, especially how it's very important for men to integrate the head and the heart. And so this is actually something that I believe is really necessary for all of us to step into the next evolution of humanity. I really loved recording this episode with Katrina. It felt like a casual chit chat between two girlfriends. And so it's just a very flowy, organic conversation. And I just want to take a moment to share with listeners how Katrina and I first connected. It's such a fun story. So Laura Matsu, who many of you know, um, she's so great. She's an evolutionary astrologer. She does incredible work with her husband, Bernhard Gunther. They both were on the podcast, actually. Many of you know Laura's work. And so Laura read my birth chart probably a year and a half ago. And she recently read Katrina's birth chart too and noticed that our charts are almost identical, which is so wild. I don't think that happens that often. I certainly have never met somebody that has such a similar chart. And so she told Katrina to reach out and connect with me. And I'm so happy she did because right off the bat, we just had so much to talk about, so much in common. And it's just a really sweet um, new friendship that has developed between Katrina and I. So this episode is for you if you're a woman who wants to learn more about how you can actually work with both your feminine and your masculine energy, not only for your highest good, so for your personal development to become a more integrated and a whole person at a soul level, but also how you can work with this to benefit your relationships with men. 
And so this is something that I have been passionate about for so long. I realized this in my own personal life, probably back in 2017, when I started to speak up about how the polarity community was kind of leading women in the wrong direction, or at least not really sharing the whole picture. And I saw so many women, myself included, who were really getting shamed for carrying any masculine energy. And so the goal seemed to be to completely rid yourself of any masculine qualities. I really began to speak out about my concerns here and how this did not feel intuitively right. It also really didn't match my own inner knowing based on my own spiritual esoteric research and and things that I've learned about divine union and how it really comes back to inner union. I've spoken about this so much in my work for those of you who have been following the podcast for a while. And so I'm just so happy to have this conversation with Katrina. I hope you find it useful. And so before we dive in, I just wanted to give an introduction to Katrina. And so she works in organizational development for her day job, but she's also a holistic practitioner who offers Reiki and body work, specifically Bowen therapy. She studied heart intelligence and art of feminine presence and brings in mindfulness and meditation for individual and group coaching. She continues to study and explore shamanic practices through her own healing journey and has an affinity for emotional processing. She uses the emotion code and an attachment and trauma integration protocol to the work that she does. And she works with people to guide them as they retrieve parts of their soul. This retrieval process allows for personal evolution and development for each individual's path. She's currently focusing on trauma and the impact of the body, emotions, and relationships. And so I'm going to include how to get in touch with Katrina in the show notes if you're interested in working with her or if you have any comments or questions on the podcast. So let's dive into our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. What brought you to this realization that I need to kind of work with or look at my inner masculine? So, um, so we'll just start from there. I think it was around 2012 ish. I was working in a unfulfilling job. My son and I were living with my parents. I was also very single. I was studying different healing modalities and, and focusing on my spiritual growth, but I was so unfulfilled and not happy, very overweight, sad, depleted, all of those things. And I had no idea what I actually needed and no idea what I actually wanted out of life. And then no idea how to go about actually finding those things. So I sort of felt kind of helpless and didn't know how to create the momentum I felt like I needed. I knew something that I wanted something different and I knew that it wasn't part of like my past experience or, or something that you, you learn really growing up. I just knew it, I needed something different. So I began asking God or my higher self. So it was a, a dark fall night in November, um, cold. And I went out to the water and I was just asking for clarity a, about how to become more who I am. What was my higher purpose? What am I called for? Um, who am I? You know, those, 
those questions, you know, finding myself kind of thing. And then all I could do was really surrender because I didn't know where to find the answers. And I had a response, which was kind of surprising to me. And part of me felt like I was just like a little bit delusional, but I could hear one word started with an A and it ended with an S, but I couldn't quite put my, my finger on what it was. And I had an old boyfriend whose name started with an A, ended with an S. (laughs) And that's all I, so I couldn't, I couldn't decipher what the word really was. And I was listening to different podcasts at the time, mostly around like sexuality and pleasure. Um, Looking back, I think I was trying to ignite something within myself intuitively. Uh, And it was looking at the masculine, the feminine and Jung's animus and anima. And I heard the word animus. And I was like, oh, that's, that's it. That's that word that's sitting in the back of my mind. It's the animus. Wow. So this is like this whole conversation about masculine, feminine um, Mm. has, I feel like only recently come into popular culture. And so when I heard that date for you, I was like, wow, I was actually very impressed. I was like, that is really so cool. So this is incredible. Okay. So for Mm -hmm. people who might not be familiar with Carl Jung's concept of anima animus, do you want to just briefly share? It's interesting because like I didn't know this really like conceptually or Mm -hmm. thoughtfully until I went back to do this it's almost like I didn't know what I was doing like I knew but I didn't know yeah like you hadn't really like developed an intellectual sort of uh understanding of it yeah that's that's incredible um so when I went back and looked Carl Jung's work uh, revolved around the shadow. And we all know a lot about the shadow work and the path to individuation. The shadow is a big part of that where we're looking at aspects of ourselves that um, we kind of want to deny and when we're accepting them. Um, and so when I was looking at this, the way he saw it was that the shadow work was an apprentice to the development of the anima and the animus. So the anima and the animus is essentially the master in the process of individuation, according to Jung. Mm -hmm. So the anima is the feminine aspect. So the men, essentially men, would want to develop their anima in order to become fully individuated. And women would want to develop their animus in order to become fully individuated. And once once those are embodied, it's like you're, you're, it's a soul embodiment of the opposite. And then you can actually be more feminine or be more masculine because you've been at a soul core level, you already have embodied the opposite. So that's the unity comes into play. And I don't know if I'm articulating this well, because for me, more of a feeling. I'm getting so excited just hearing you. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Thank you for explaining that to people. And so, you know, in my work, a lot of people um, know that I talk about divine union, but for me, divine union starts with inner union. And so like, I've been working a lot with inner union in my personal life, also with clients. And so it really is, it's, 
It's the balance of both. And it's so fascinating because I see with the rise of masculine feminine teachings or polarity teachings that there, especially women have been very um, encouraged to only embody their feminine. Mm-hmm. And there's no talk about the inner balance of both. And in fact, that's almost discouraged. But anyway, so, so yeah, okay, so you stumbled okay. upon that information. And, um, and then what did you do? So when I stumbled upon the information and the animus, and I understood that it was the masculine, um, I thought that meant I had to find a man. Like I didn't, I wasn't yet understanding that was part of my inner process. But that's okay. So I started looking at what came up with Twin Flames, which I don't necessarily recommend. <laughs> because, And I found a couple, um, a man and a woman who were working together coaching. And they had been looking at the Twin Flame, but their perspective was different. And there was a healthier perspective is the best word I can find of what this was and slowly they actually moved away from the the twin flame movement um but they were students of a man named nathan martin nathan martin from the divine pollination hive and he eventually i started working with him directly and he is more an embodiment of the masculine principle so okay there's a bunch of things that were happening simultaneously i was learning about embodiment um where I was tuning into the center of my body. So anytime I felt anything that was off, um, I basically learned to not take things personally by staying centered. And anytime I would get emotional or something would happen that I felt off, I would come back to the center of my body and come back to my body. Again, I didn't really understand embodiment at the time, um, but I had this practice that I had learned through heart intelligence and the the art of feminine presence. They both had similar concepts. I still didn't fully understand the process, but you know how you, you don't get it intellectually until years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're like, oh yeah, I get that now. So I had that practice. And then I had come across the work of Michael Cesarian. He says it as it is. And his concepts uh, really rang true for me. Um, he talks about the dragon mother and it can be kind of harsh, but I was ready for what was true, not being, um, having my, my insecurities nurtured. That was really clear to me. Um, I grew up having my insecurities nurtured and I knew I just needed truth. And then, and Mark Passio. So are you familiar with Mark, Mark Passio? Yes. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Have you read, have you watched his presentation called the unholy feminine? Uh, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure if I have, but probably it's (laughs) looked at so much of his stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure like he's probably talked about some of this, those concepts as well, but I love Mark Passio and in the show notes, we can give people links to different things that we're talking about. I went right back to the first of his podcast. And then the second one, he talked about, he talked about the, the brain, the left and right brain and the imbalance. Uh, So he do you want me to go into detail about that or? Yeah, I would love. Okay. So like, I, so let's just riff a little bit because yes, Mark Passio talks a lot about the, um, what I would call, I don't know if he uses the word divine union, but it really is like the left and the right brains um, with the left brain being more rational, logical. This is super overgeneralization, but then yeah. the, the right. <laughs> but 
Right. The right side is more of the feminine of the intuitive, um, creative, you know, and so he talks about the, the unification of both. And exactly. So he talks about that, but what really stuck out for me was he was talking about how most of the population has been taken over by one or other side. So they're predominantly either left brain or predominantly right brain. So this is what really made the click for me What that I was working on my own personal uh, growth, not looking for a man outside of me. And yeah, and it relates the anima and the animus. There's uh, masculine, feminine, left brain, right brain. It pulled a whole bunch of things that I got really excited about anyway. (laughs) It pulled them together for me and made me see where I was at personally. Isn't it so, so wild how like we we just stumble upon these things and then all of a sudden like the puzzle pieces all fit together and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's a beautiful thing. It's okay. So you had this realization that, you know, all of this was coming together, that it was internal work that you had to do. And so from there, what did you start to do? Did like what did you start? How did you approach this inner work? A lot of it was really intuitively guided. Um, um, so, I mean, I had already started the embodiment work because I knew it was significant. Um, I was working with Nathan Martin. Um, so his work just very logical. Um, he was embodying that masculine principle for me so I could see what it actually looked like. Mm, Um, I learned about the trivium. So grammar, logic, rhetoric, and moved through my emotions and different processes using those three, that that concept of the trivium. Mm -hmm. Um, And he teaches a lot about that. I looked at logical fallacies, um, standards, boundaries, uh, more recently, affirmations, um, zero point, uh, and natural law, which Mark Passio also talks a lot about natural law. And I looked at that and moved into a place where, you know, it all comes down to do not steal. So mm-hmm. am I stealing in every moment? Am I being manipulative and, and stealing something from somebody? Or am I being true and honest and um, on the right-hand path? Um, oh it's, I don't know how to explain like where it all came from or how I was like guided there. It just happened. <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is really fascinating because I also had to do a process of integration of my inner masculine, um, mm-hmm. as well after I went down the path of deeply, deeply reclaiming my relationship with my feminine and really just healing that for a good three years and was very immersed in that world. But then I came up and out and remembered that I had to integrate and like have a balance that became very clear to me. And it wasn't that someone told me, it just wasn't an intuitive thing that I just knew that felt really right for me. And, you know, on some level, it's kind of like, I I was just thinking about this in preparation for our, our podcast today. This might sound It might sound like simple or obvious or whatever, but I don't understand how you wouldn't, like why you wouldn't want to do this. If you think about overall balance and wholeness and, you know, the, even the visual of the yin and the yang, right? Like 
why don't, why aren't more people drawn to being whole internally? Um, like why? And I mean, I'm just kind of riffing here a little bit, but what I do know is that when I was in that deep, deep healing process of, of really reclaiming my feminine, I actually did not want any, it's so funny. I didn't want to learn from any masculine men teachers. Mm -hmm. I actually, even the music that I listened to was like only women. I was very like, I like only wore dresses. So I had to be really immersed in that, that served a purpose. And then I came up and out. Right. And I feel much more balanced now, but, um, and so with your process too, when you were sort of integrating the masculine side, did you feel, how did, did you maintain your balance through that? Or was it kind of like tipped over here and okay, I'm going to like be in the masculine a little bit more. I think I went back and forth a little bit because I would go out into the world and be a little more like wear more wear skirts wear more flowy outfits but you know what I wore a lot of black at certain points too and just like dress pants and I had like what I called a uniform which was like black pants a black under shirt like a shirt underneath and then something over top a sweater or whatever but it was very kind of more structured and maybe even masculine (laughs) I hadn't thought about it that way, but that I, I was hiding my feminine is uh, when I think about it. And even Mm -hmm. like in the gaining of weight, I feel like I was hiding maybe my feminine. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Let's actually, can we talk about that for just a moment? Like, so I would love to, what, why do you think that you were hiding your feminine? What comes to mind? Okay. So kind of going back to the Mark Passio podcast about, so he talks about, you know, if you're more left brain, you're more the master, the dominant, um, you want more power. So when you're imbalanced on the left, that you shut, you shut down your emotional centers and are more like coming from the reptilian brain. Mm. When you're more right brain imbalanced, you're more a slave, you're more passive, you're more um, a doormat, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I recognized was that I was in that right brain place. And you're making me like put pieces together, because when it comes to relationship with men, even, I needed to protect myself, because I was in that passive state. Right. This is so fascinating because just yesterday I recorded um, a podcast episode with Dr. George Simon, who is an expert on the narcissist empath dynamic, which is exactly what you're just saying. It's like another way to describe the power imbalance of of what you just described, Um, power over and then the doormat. Yeah. Yeah. And an unhealthy um, animus is that narcissist. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. I'm getting chills as we're talking. <laughs> it's just, I really, I hope people are starting to see the importance of, of overall balance. It's not just like a trendy catchphrase in like new age circles, right. To be balanced or whole, like this is actually pretty like serious, um, spiritual study to do this or, you know, into spiritual practice, I should say to do this because it's really, really big. And when you think about the overall power dynamics that are happening, 
where we just talked yesterday about the rise of narcissism and people with these character disorders, it's like the numbers are showing that that's on the rise. And yet there's this whole other um, group of people who are very passive. And so it's very polarized right now. And so if we're going to evolve collectively, we need to really, we need to bridge the divide here to not have such extremes out there. Right. And so you just said, like, it comes to like the inner work. It comes back to the inner work that we each do because we have to get out of this cycle of, you know, power over other people. It has to stop. Yeah. Win-win instead of win-lose. That's what it it feels like. There's a battle to win. And it's like, why can't everybody win? (laughs) Right. Exactly. And so like you were doing this inner work and about like, about how long, I, I was just going to ask you how long it took, but are you still doing it? Or did you feel like you reached a certain level of completion? Well, I, that's kind of like we, probably like three months ago, I, four months ago, not, not that I have to be that specific, but very recently, I felt the divine feminine come back. And then through working with Laura and Bernard in the, Embodied Soul Awakening course, Laura put a piece together for me talking to somebody else, but where I realized that I have, I mean, I'm still doing the work. I'm always going to be doing the work, I think, but I recognize that I had, I have embodied that divine masculine to a degree that my divine feminine came, came back yeah, more fully. Oh, I love this. And so do you think that because you have really developed your own inner masculine, that allows you internally to hold your feminine for her to be more fully expressed? I do. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is so huge. (laughs) This is so huge. I hope that, that women are listening and understanding that. And let's just actually for a moment, talk about like, what would it look like if you did sort of fall prey to all of this polarity talk and like women are only Mm. supposed to be in their feminine a hundred percent of the time, um, totally either trying to play some kind of a part or a role, which I have done that in the past, I'll just say, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't work. Um, but you, we all learn our lessons, but if you're, if you're a woman who's embodying a hundred percent of your feminine, acknowledging that we're all on you know, our own paths and it's all good in the end. But what that might look like is that you have no structure. Your life might be, you know, you're just following your flow and your intuition and and just like kind of like a leaf in the wind. Um, and just your your life doesn't, it's not rooted. You're not sort of like grounded. What what would what would you share that that might look like? I, I love that you asked this question because I was thinking about this as you we were talking earlier. And I I recently joined a Facebook group, which I don't usually do. And I've been and it's about polarity. And I see women asking these questions about, you know, how do I um appreciate my man? How, how what do I say in these situations? Um and when they're dating kind of thing. And there's a weakness to it. And I don't mean, no, I do mean to be blunt. So the masculine coming and yeah. saying there needs to be boundaries. Um, it creates boundaries. It's, it, it, there's a strength. So when, when a fully feminine woman is able to express that, 
there's also this knowing that she is not weak. Yeah. She is confident. So that masculine underneath at the soul level, when there needs to be boundary, it's like an intuitive hit of something's not right. I need to set a boundary. So it shows up when it needs to. And then it relaxes again when it's safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's like, it's the beautiful combination of having a, a warm, open, loving heart yeah, and, and knowing when to number one, have discernment, right. Yeah. To be able to survey and, and judge people's character. And then also when you're involved to be able to know how to set boundaries. And so like, that's such a, and, and that's okay because it's sort of like, you can sort of close and open as you need to. Mm -hmm. That's another lie. I think that women are fed in order to be fully feminine. You need to just like have your walk around the the world with your heart open. And you know what, that's, we don't live in a world where that's safe. And so people, I wish we did. Right. But like the reality is that if you do that, you will get taken advantage of. And so these, and, and it's, it's so crazy because it's happening all for a reason, because if we didn't have this opportunity to bring in the inner masculine qualities, bring in the boundaries, the discernment, this is our opportunity as women to become whole or as so at a soul level to become at whole Soul level. Yeah. 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 And that's that inner union, right? And in my opinion, that inner union is important to then bring that masculine manifestation into your life. So, so this is okay. So this is key here. So what Katrina is saying here is that when you work on developing this inner union inside of you, it actually causes on the external for you to then attract in a partner who can meet you exactly where you are. And it's finally a healthy dynamic. Yeah. My gut says that, you know, like attracts like, like, you're going at the same time it's opposite (laughs) you're going to find that polarization when you're fully embodying the feminine exactly masculine core yeah oh this is so this is so good for people to understand because and this is where i feel like advanced polarity comes in because the way it's being taught at a sort of beginner level is a little bit it is basically saying, okay, women, you just be in your feminine. Um, men, you just be in your masculine. Will that create polarity? Of course it will. But then it also creates power differentials and um, the mm-hmm. dominant submissive, uh, narcissist empath thing, all of these all of these pairings that we see, codependency, all of the stuff that d- doesn't ever have good outcomes. Um, yeah. And so I love actually... Um, I am a fan of David Data's work. I think it, it, I don't love all of it, but what I do talk about a lot is his three stages of um, relationships. Do you know about those? I'm, I'm familiar with David Data, Data, but I'm, I don't know details. So this is actually so relevant to what you and I are talking about, because we're talking about what he would label stage three relationships, where stage one would be very old school, traditional, like he's in his masculine, she's in the feminine. That's how it should be. Rigid roles. There was polarity, but it created all sorts of um, you know, problems, right? Power differentials. And then stage two is moving into I guess you could say we're kind of there now where men and women are the same and we're equal. And there's like a minimization of the masculine and the feminine energies and knowing how to work with them to polarize. Um, And so that usually leads to 
relationships that don't have that spark or the sexual friction. Um, And now we have this opportunity to move into stage three, which is like kind of taking the best of both worlds. You know how to work with polarity very, very consciously without fixed dogmatic roles, but you know how to dance with it to create sexual friction when you need to. But the, but the ultimate thing in stage three is the integration for both partners of the masculine, and the feminine inside. And so it's the pairing of that, the man who has, you know, done the work to reclaim the healthy masculine, but also has heart. And then the woman who has done the work that, that you and I are talking about today. So this is something where we haven't even really scratched the surface of this yet, but I'm excited. (laughs) Like this is pod, this is what's possible for us. Yeah. There's so much more to talk about. I'm like, as you're talking, I'm, and I'm, I'm just thinking like, so like you came about it from a different way where you were more focused on the feminine. Mm-hmm. I was more focused on the masculine. I mean, at different points and maybe then it changed and shifted, but then for women to know what do they really need to be working with and how to identify and when am I um when am I when do I need to develop my feminine when am I when is my animus um they call it animus possession when am I possessed by my animus which creates that power and that need for power and when am I um needing to step up my feminine like how how do they know and maybe this is work that you've already kind of put out there. How do they know what they need to develop? Oh, it's such a good, it is such a good question because I think um, what I'm kind of, one of the things I'm working on so many different things in the work I do, but one of the things is I want to create kind of like an assessment to see that someone mm. can take to see, okay, like where am I at with my masculine feminine balance? Um, and maybe what are some of the things I know I'm really strong and healthy in? And what are the areas where I need to maybe develop a little bit more? Um, and so that's kind of like my dorky like assessment side of me, right? I know you work masculine. with assessments too. It is masculine. <laughs> yeah. It is masculine. But it's um, necessary, right? Right, yeah. right. Because I don't actually know that that sort of exists because um, the way that I have been working um is really the opposite pole of being very intuitive with people. Like, and we do a lot of like breath work and it's just, it's, it is actually a lot more feminine. So I was like thinking about bringing this data piece in to kind of balance it out a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think <laughs> it's, this is such ripe time for people because there's so much interest in just these energetics of masculine feminine. I go into the grocery store and I hear people talking about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so wild. And so I'm glad that there's so much interest in it. Um, But yeah, what I would say to people is start to familiarize yourself with, um, you know, what are these energetics, whether you want to call them masculine or feminine, yin, yang, um, right brain, left brain, right? Like really start to learn about um, from a variety of different maybe um, paths, you know, um, and start to study it. My my whole thing is like, I've I've kind of had this longing of what is the pure essence of the masculine mm-hmm. and the feminine? Like how far back do we need to go to get the pure essence of it, right? Because a lot of what we're taught about these energetics is like from religion or, um, whatever it is, right? Like we're programmed a certain way, but like, where did that actually come from? Do you have any thoughts about that? 
the thought that was going through my brain is we, we are we look at we're looking at it from where the masculine where we're identifying it and naming it and labeling it but you're talking about the essence and that feels more like a an uh a feeling yeah um, like, like a download or something spiritual where like you get yeah. the template of it yeah and uh, well what's coming up for me is that a man working with a fully embodied feminine woman like in a coaching almost arrangement or where they get to experience that and that was part of my experience was working with sometimes couples and then working with the divine masculine in in an actual physical man and how that experience was very healing because I got to witness Huge, huge. Okay. This is good because I, this is another thing too, where like, when I think about facilitating our inner union, Mm -hmm. you can actually, you can do the inner work like single, solo by yourself. But I also feel like in partnership, you can actually both develop your inner union more because you have an example, especially if you know how to not be dogmatic and like, and flow a little bit. If you do have a really masculine man who has embodied his healthy masculine, then you, um, in partnership, that can rub off on you. You have a model of what that is, right? Yeah, the healing. Right. It's so healing. And it also allows you to drop into your feminine, like the depths of the feminine to explore deeper than you've ever gone before, which which was my experience too in relationship. Um, yeah. yeah. So like thinking about like in relationship with a partner, what are your thoughts about developing inner union? I'm going to speak from what's kind of coming up and it's something I've been wondering about and questioning um, because looking out into the dating world, I see a lot of really wounded adults and there's part of me and I might've spoken to you about this already, but there's part of me that's like, how do we heal when nobody can sit in unconditional love for each other? We just go around rejecting each other because you're not what I really need. You're not what I really deserve. You don't value me. But how does the healing of the wound happen if nobody's sitting there in acceptance and unconditional love? And I mean, part of what I've been exploring is being able to sit in that unconditional love for somebody as they're going through whatever they're going through, understanding that it's not personal to me. And I think because because of this core masculine principle that I feel like is integrating, let's say we're in the process of it, I'm in the process of integrating it, I don't have to take it personally when somebody else is wounded. So there's this like, potential to really really heal when you have two people first somebody like you become secure you've have that inner union yourself and then you bring somebody in who is also working towards that a hundred percent and like this this also takes me to like the the whole one of the things that laura matsu and bernhard 
and and I share, you know, is this perception of using a relationship as a catalyst for evolution, yeah. growth and potential. And so on a very basic level in relationship, all of our stuff tends to come up and a lot of people tend to either run the other mm, way or yeah. get mad at each other, but it's actually, if you can turn towards each other with mm-hmm. love and know number one, okay, this is happening. Like we have an understanding from the get-go that all of our stuff is going to come up. And so we yeah. work with it in a container of love and support for each other to yeah. be able to heal. And so like, that's a huge aspect. And then when you layer on top the conversation about the masculine and the feminine, there's absolute potential to do that as well. When you're working, this is why I like to kind of um, have a balance of like conscious relationship principles which is like what we're talking about in terms of like using it to grow and evolve together. But then mm-hmm. also the masculine feminine polarity in terms of my the way I teach it, not dogmatically, but in a more healing way. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can do both because there's like so much there that you can work on. But yeah. yes, the inner union part is key. And so I love what you share about having unconditional love for somebody. This is again where I see the balance come up because- I think that women, we tend to give that as our medicine, mm-hmm. or at least um, you could argue that maybe that's the predominant way that women do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what's interesting is what what I was talking about yesterday with Dr. George Simon, because he's worked with character disordered and um, narcissistic people for over 40 years. And I don't love labels, but I'm actually starting to kind of um, except that there's definitely a truth to this dynamic that I can't ignore anymore. Yeah. Um, and th- that whole thing came up when I realized, oh my gosh, 80% of my clients have actually been caught up in that dynamic. So I had to just get really truthful about it. But anyway, so we were talking about how when you actually are in relationship with people who might you might categorize as narcissists, they actually this is this is even something I'm currently still digesting, but they actually need more of the boundaries and the tough love and the limits, which you could argue is loving. I would argue that's loving mm-hmm. rather than the um, acceptance or what would you say? A more passive approach. They actually need that to grow and become better people. That's yeah. the medicine versus people who are more... Um, on the empathic side, in order to heal, they need more of the unconditional love, the that space of like real acceptance to heal. So it's fascinating the different approaches. Well, you can still have acceptance within boundaries, right? Yes, 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 yes. And so that's the that's the union too, because mm-hmm. we were talking about that. I was like, okay, he I said something like loving boundaries right? In our conversation yesterday. And he was like, I love that because it's both, right? It's the integration of both, which is so key. And so I think people don't really know how to do both either. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's either one or the other. Extremely. Yeah. Or yes. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, you and I can, obviously we could talk for, for hours and hours, but, you know, just to bring it down to like a real practical level, would you mind sharing? So like, as you've done this work to 
um, cultivate your healthy inner masculine, what are the the practical things you've noticed? Like what has shifted in your life? So I started really noticing I was integrating this, which I obviously didn't really realize what I was integrating until afterwards. <laughs> um, but probably about two years ago where in my work, um, I would be in meetings and I'm asking for people to provide clarity, to be honest, to really state what they mean. Because it's amazing in a corporate setting, I would be sitting there, we'd have a full conversation. It started out as we'd have a full conversation. Everybody would be like, yep, 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 yep. I'd be like, okay, I have no idea what's going on, but everybody else seems to understand. So, okay. And I'd let it go. Nobody knew what was going on. It appeared like a bunch of word salad. Somebody had an idea. It was so com complicated that nobody else really got it and nothing would happen. And so I noticed that started to get frustrated. Then I started to ask clarifying questions in the meeting. Once I started doing that, I started having people come to me to find out what was going on because they're still not asking the questions. And so I, but in that, because I'm not a huge talker, I'm more of an observer. I'm more, I just never, that was the passive part of me, I guess. <laughs> I'm not that so much anymore. <laughs> so that's one of the things is that I speak up when I, especially when I see like that there's chaos or misunderstanding. It's like, well, why don't you ask them for clarity? Yeah. I don't understand. And that's what I started doing. And I, I felt like I was watching myself behave in a way that was really, really uncomfortable for me. Mm. So initially I was observing myself being clear, being logical. And I was freaking out a little bit over here because I felt like I was coming across as more aggressive than I wanted to come mm -hmm. across as, yeah. but nobody ever expressed it that way. Mm -hmm. So now it's even more logical, especially in the business setting when the needs of the business are primary and we just need to actually accomplish something. Yeah, this is, this is really, I'm glad you shared this because even as I'm listening to you, I actually don't fully know how to integrate logic and intuition. I've had a resistance to logic mm -hmm. and I know why. <laughs> I know why. So my, my ex-husband who, you know, he's a great guy. We're, we're all good now, but when we were together, he, he actually studied logic and, and how to like art, you know, make arguments and stuff. And I am not good at that. And so I was very much, we were like very polar. I was like very like intuitive, emotional. Right. And so we really clashed a lot. And so when, when you speak about logic, I have a reaction. So you know what that part of me was doing. So yes. that is like, what's happening? <laughs> right. Okay. So like, yeah. So like, how can we work with logic and, and intuition together? I feel like because, well, there's two things that are coming into my mind. So it's important to also do a lot of the emotional clearing. So you don't have a lot of emotional debris yeah. in order to find logic. Yes. Yes. So emotional hygiene is a big, big part of that. Then you have logic. It's like my intuition is heightened when something's wrong. Mm. So the logic comes in not to be right, but because something's not 
clear. And yes. that to me is an intuitive hit. Yes, beautiful. But it's like a red flag, right? Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So my discernment, and I need to have more, have discernment right now where I am in my life. I need to be discerning. Okay, I love that. That's a that's a beautiful way of describing it. That answers that your is, question. That's a beautiful <laughs> way of describing it. So like just, you know, this is clearly something that I want to lean more into as well because, and that, that's just like you said, a little bit of the cleanup around the, you know, stuff with the relationship and I could be playful with it and it's all good. But um, yes, and also it's re- it's a good way to work with people to be able to maybe like when you do get an intuitive hit, if you're working or needing to communicate something to somebody that doesn't um, like speak that language, right? Like if they mm. don't like buy it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, we just got like an intuitive download and this <laughs> is like, they, you need to be able to explain it to them and yeah. so that they can hear it. And so that's like yeah. very, very useful as well. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this is, so can we talk a little bit about romantic relationships right now? <laughs> Are you open? Let- <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm very open to that since you've done this work, right? Since you've become a more integrated woman, have you noticed that, that there's changes in terms of the types of people that you attract? Um, I've noticed the difference, a difference in the type of people. I I can really uh, um, evaluate where I'm at based on who I'm attracting, but I've noticed a major increase in men being more attracted at all. Oh, so like on an organically, not just so, so that's one thing that, that has shifted is that, um, it's, it's more available, but I also think I was protecting myself from that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's where my discernment is important. Right. Um, I think I can tell when somebody is more authentic, I can still be majorly fooled Mm. because. I am like more attracted to that masculine energy, but I I'm learning to discern when it's true masculine energy and when it's uh, more narcissistic, maybe. Yeah, right. I'm not sure. I'm really clear on that. Well, I would say that if you zoom out and look at the collective patterns, there's kind of a truth right now that has been spoken about so often recently about this crisis of masculinity. And there's just, there's just a truth to the fact that men are really grappling with this. And so they, and they need to be, which is great. Like I'm such a proponent of men's work. I will have, you know, send resources all day long to people. Um, And I also have a son, so I care very deeply about this, but there is a truth to the fact that, just with the numbers of men who have actually truly, you know, done the work to, to num- like who even knows what healthy masculinity, this is what's being debated right now on the collective. What is healthy masculinity? People are, people aren't clear. And so if we're grappling with this collectively, how are people even going to know what to shoot for? And we don't have models of this. And so it's like, so as women who really long for and desire masculine, healthy, masculine men, it's, you know, it's, it's still kind of a work in progress out there. Yeah. Right. And women aren't perfect. Like I, I will admit that all day long, but um, there's just a truth to the fact that sometimes, yeah, we can be attracted to men who maybe have more of the, 
unhealthy or immature masculine traits. It's just kind of like the numbers when you look at it. Well, and part of it's understanding and then and then the wounding that I was talking about, right? So right. Like I know that like I've come across a couple of men who I feel at their heart they're good, good men. And I feel safe to a degree with them because I know they're not going to hurt me intentionally. So I'm able to hold that space of love a little bit more for them. The replenishment part, I'm, I'm, that's something that's, I'm like, how do I, how do I get this for myself? So then I can overflow into people, but I also want to overflow into the right person, um, which is something else I'm, I'm just figuring out about myself, but I know at the core. So it's just like that healing of the wound and I don't know, breaking through that defensiveness. There's, there's that potential right there. Right. And maybe where the feminine needs to lead a little bit. I also feel like there's men who are healthy masculine that can lead for the women to be more feminine. So, mm-hmm. right. In a perfect scenario, it would be, you know, it's, it's both actually, right. It's both. Um, and I love that because yes, to any of the men listening, like, you know, Mm. we're not asking for perfection. Like I'm very clear that like, I'm not perfect and I'm still doing the work until my last day. And so it's just a willingness to have a growth mentality, to be on the path, right. Of doing inner work of learning, um, about how to heal right? How to heal. And that's the willingness and the, and the, like you said, the having the heart and knowing that you can feel into a person that they're a good person. They care about people. You know, it's just, it's actually on some level, it seems so basic, right? But this is kind of like, we're having to, and we all do this and we should do this probably even more than we do now, which is just like vetting a little bit more of people's character. Taking the time, not not rushing it. Right. And yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Having the patience, which we don't have that because everything's so convenient nowadays. Right. Like, well, that's so true. It's like this, this kind of stuff does take commitment. It takes patience. It takes being able to turn towards each other rather than away with the erosion of commitment and, you know, even marriage and other things. It's like, we're losing each other a little bit. Right. And I'm not saying to really go back to the olden days, but it's like, there is a third new way that's that's there for us. The good news is, is that I do see people like talking more about this, noticing that there's not a lot of staying power in relationships and like, how can we rectify this? You know? So I think that actually, I think we're, there's a shift that's going to happen. Like, and yeah. So we'll I see. Agree. Yeah. Cause I, it, it, I have been feeling and, and kind of expressing to people in my way, <laughs> which is a more feeling way. So it's, not always articulated right but I feel like there's a different way to do a lot of things and almost you can like flip it on its head and what you think it's going to be isn't what it's going to be there's 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 something else and if we can tune into that for ourselves that's the other thing sorry too many thoughts at once but if we can tune into that for ourselves about what the next right step is for our highest and best good and purpose, and we can take that path regardless of materially what's going on, then we can create a new reality, a new way of doing things that can help 
to evolve, evolve us what on a like social, cultural level. Yeah, I don't even know how to fully like. Yes, and like even if you just look at the the realm of relationships, relationships are, I believe, one of the most powerful catalysts to evolve together. And so like thinking about all of the things that we talked about today, like there's so much, there's just so much in inter- and you and I love this stuff. Like we love inner work, you know, we're, we're drawn to like Oran Barrett's work and like um, all yeah. of that. And so like, we love doing this. We love to grow and evolve into better versions of ourselves. Right. And hopefully most of the people listening are too, but if we think about, you know, that just this, this overall topic of as women, the importance of um, working with our inner masculine. Do you have any sort of, yeah, last thoughts or maybe like for the women who might be listening who aren't like fully convinced or anything like that? So for the women who are listening who aren't fully convinced that it's important to embody their divine masculine? Yeah. Maybe they're hearing a lot of this, you know, the talk about, well, you just need to be more feminine. You just need to be more feminine. And this is sort of like the last thing on their mind. For me, I feel like in embodying more of my own divine masculine, I feel like I have retrieved parts of my soul that I had lost maybe through trauma or circumstances, maybe even ancestrally. I just feel and I mean, this is a goal of mine, right? I want to be who I really am. I want to show up as Katrina from my heart. And I don't know why anybody else wouldn't want to. It's sort of like your question earlier. Why wouldn't somebody want to experience this? And this is how I've really found myself. Oh, oh, I love that so much. I love that so much. And I think part of it too, is like tuning, like in terms of the noise that's out there, it's like turning it down to really just like get in touch with yourself. Like, what do I want? Like, what do I do with clear eyes looking at myself where I'm at? Like, where do I want to go? There might be, I guess you could argue, sometimes I've thought about this, like that you could argue, maybe there are some people who in this lifetime, maybe they're meant to be really, really in their feminine, Mm -hmm. you know, the majority of the time, maybe there's people who are meant to be really, really in their masculine. And, and this, that's just part of their development. And then in future lifetimes, maybe it'll be more of an integration. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. I I think about that. Maybe that's true. Right. And I, at the end of the walking that path of path of being more passive or walking that path Mm -hmm. of being more power hungry. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It could be the whole evolution, the evolutionary astrology type that's work, true. right? Yes. And the chart and like, what is their birth chart? Right. It's so funny. I didn't share this story yet, but um, Katrina and I initially connected because Laura Matsu knows both of our charts. And she told Katrina that our charts are almost exactly the same. And so I, I just love that so much. Our charts are, I think we only have like a few different placements that are off. <laughs> But Katrina and I are like very similar in so many ways, which I love. But speaking about birth charts and like what your blueprint is, that does have a ton to do. You know, even the balance of like um, earth, air, fire, water, the elements in your chart can show you that's another way that you can see, oh my gosh, I have a lot of earth and water. Maybe that means I'm, you know, skew more on the feminine. 
versus if you have a lot of air and and fire, maybe you mm. more to the masculine, right? And so like the last thing that I'll just share before we'll wrap up is I think when you were sharing the last little bit about, um, you know, speaking to women about why this is important to you and when you develop the inner masculine and feminine balance inside of you, it's much less likely that when you're out there, either consciously or unconsciously attracting partners where you're seeking um, to to pull something in from an act of desperation. And a lot of this is not conscious, right? But like if, yeah. if we really have like a void inside of us that we haven't developed, then when we're out there, we're going to be sort of pulling stuff in and and that doesn't always have a good outcome. It can lead to codependency and some of the other relationship dynamics that we spoke of earlier. At the same time, all of these are learning lessons and we can grow and evolve from them. So that's really good. But this is another reason that I'll just share with listeners why it's actually so important to do this work is it can protect you from that kind of situation. Yeah, that's a really good point, man. Can people reach out to you if they have any questions about anything that you shared today? They sure can. Okay, good. In the show notes, if people want to contact you, they can just, you know, they can reach out, they can email you with any comments or questions. And so just to kind of wrap everything up, do you have any final words or any thoughts that you want to share? I'm super happy to do this with you. It's very exciting and um, has helped me to integrate even more. So I appreciate you and your work very, very much. Thank you so, so thank much. you for having me here. Um, I think I've sort of uh, went on a lot about how it's important <laughs> for people to really tune into themselves and figure out what they need. Oh, I love that so much. And that my last words for you is that I'm just so excited to have you on and have this conversation because I really, despite the fact that I love talking about things like this, I really don't, first of all, you're definitely the first woman that I've had on the podcast to talk about this because I just actually don't know that many women who are interested in this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's fascinating. So I was just remember when we had our call last, I was just so excited when you brought up this, this topic and I invited you on right away because I really wanted to talk about this. And I think it's yeah. important. I and even though it's so important and I've, I've kind of done my own work around this and I do help women to do this work, but it's funny because I don't really like advertise it as such, you know, it just kind of comes in terms of my overall workings with people to bring them into greater balance. But yeah, I'm just, I'm so grateful that you shared all of your wisdom with us and thank you for being so open. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks, Leanne. If you enjoyed this conversation, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps these conversations to get out to more people. I really appreciate it. And if you're somebody who could use support with love, sex, and relationships, I work with individuals, couples, and run groups. And so you can DM me on Instagram or just go to my website if you're curious about how we could work together. 